welcome to Knobcat Games Dungeons of the Obelisk podcast. I'm your host, Joe Sleppy. I'm Executive Prime at Knobcat Games. And this podcast is our audio devlog where we get together every two weeks and talk about the progress of our game, which is Dungeons of the Obelisk, a 2D turn-based dungeon-crawling loot-grinding adventure. And I'm joined today by our digital alchemist, TJ Edisernia. Hello. Let's just dive right into it and see what we get into today. Only a couple things on my list to talk about, but of course the first thing that, that I think everybody is interested in is the uh, server updates. If this is your first episode tuning in, the servers right now are the last thing that we need to get finished in our game before we, you know, other than a few bugs and, and polish things, before we can open it up to uh, like like testing on our Discord and stuff, so... That's kind of why everybody is patiently waiting on um, server server updates. <laughs> so the last thing that I don't think I had mentioned this because I wasn't here last time, but I got to actually work. Like I got a player to get on, connect to the server, stayed connected on. It was able to continue to do stuff without them like breaking, disconnecting, or anything, which was a pain to finally get working. But finally got past that, got that to work, and now I'm trying to mess around with other things for the server. Like, as much as it's supposed to, it should be, like, tracking how many players are connected, who's actually connected to it, so you can actually look at them and see what's going on. Right. Doesn't seem to be doing that right now. Not really sure why, because, like, everything's set up where it should do it, but something's going on where it just won't. So, messing around with it, trying to see what options I have to... Get it to actually work, making progress with it. The um, other part of it is getting a player to see another player when they get to the town, which I want to say it's kind of like almost done just automatically once the whole thing starts to function. There's this object that seems to just like make each player be able to see this specific thing because it's it's the network player, it's what the player actually is when they're walking around on the server. Yeah. But without the um, ability to like see who's connected and other things like that, I, it doesn't seem to really think that players exist. <laughs> so. Wow, that's so weird. Yeah, it's it's progressing, but I don't know, that one issue seems to be kind of blocking things for now. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of hard to just talk about bugs, I guess, or not bugs, but things just not working, but... I wish I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I wish we had somebody else to help troubleshoot it or something. Uh, oh, it's so frustrating, I guess, to be, like, this close to the end of it and then just having something like that, like, something that we kind of don't know how long it's going to take to figure out is what's holding us up. Yeah. Definitely, uh, I don't know, I guess just frustrating is the only word I can think of for it. It's, uh... Now, one of the things that gets me is that it's like I follow these directions, you know, I follow along step by step. It shows, it's like, oh yeah, this just works, just follow these steps. I do the steps, do the thing, it just doesn't work. <laughs> like, I didn't do anything wrong. This is what you did. It just doesn't work. Yeah, and then what do you do? Just keep digging in the forums or something to try and find someone with the same issue, I guess. Yeah, which, you know, eventually, uh, typically somebody had the same issue that you had, so it's not as bad to find it, but every now and again just ask, see what they got. Every now and again you also get a person that didn't read the question or just decided to focus on some other subject. Yeah. It's like, I know you asked this, but have we talked about this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just like... 
it's so when we started this i never thought that like setting up the servers for a game would be so difficult because every game uses this stuff yeah you see it all the time yeah you'd think it would be like almost just like copy and paste like like you just get a packet for you know like like, uh just a I don't know. You just like hook up to PlayFab and and download their server info, and and that would be it. Like, it's just so wild that it's like so difficult. I don't know. Maybe somebody's listening to this like screaming at us, saying it shouldn't be this hard. But like, I have a lot of faith in you that you're like doing it correctly. Like you said, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's like anything like that. I th- it's just. I think it's just like one of those things that's like so hard unless you've done it before and know exactly what to do. And then even then it's probably different every time. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I'm going through things and some of the directions have certain things that you would have to like buy or download that is outside the usual thing that it would use. Like PlayFlab tells you to go download uh, or make use of PowerShell or download Docker. And it's like, I don't know what these things are. I've never heard of these things. These aren't auto installed on my computer it's not used every day right so it's like it's getting me to add random things maybe those things are like common if you're in the uh back end specialist kind of world maybe that's what it kind of seems like especially docker but it's like docker's saying things like oh you got to use these containers and these other things like i don't <laughs> let's work with it <laughs> right on I still think, like, even if we had gotten someone else to do this backend stuff that knew everything about backend, I still think they'd have to learn our game so much that, like, it's still easier for you to, like, just learn backend. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. And yeah, it can be tough to say with time because it's like, what's faster? Somebody trying to learn how to work with the server or somebody who knows how to work with the server trying to learn what the game is? Right, yeah. It's definitely tough. Um, I said this on the last podcast, but you weren't here, but if if I had known, we would have started, like, this server stuff way earlier. You know, I would have either hired a back-end person at the same time that I hired the front-end person or something like that, you know, um, or just maybe prioritize getting someone that claimed they knew both things. Uh, I don't know, but... I think, you know, all that in hindsight, like, I think we're we're still rolling pretty good. I don't think it's holding us back too much more than it would have any other way that we could have could have done it. But, you know, I think if if you're listening to this and you're thinking about making your own game that's going to have multiplayer and server elements, you know, don't wait on those elements. Definitely get into them. If not, maybe not first thing, but... Um, pretty early on as soon as you know you have a fun game (laughs) then then get those server things working yeah definitely not something to delay in any way especially after going through all this yeah i mean we did try it we did hire josh like a little bit pretty early really um and then he just kept running into prop personal issues and, and things that kept holding him back um so that that was kind of the you know, one of those things that you can't help, but, you know, looking back, that's kind of what happened is, is he kind of, we hired him to, to do that stuff and it ended up not working out. But by the time it, 
we figured out it wasn't going to work out it it you know we'd lost a couple months already so yeah just a little too late on it yeah because we kept thinking like he had the the day job or whatever that he was working at his, his other game he was working on and then we kept thinking that they were gonna fold and he would have to find a new job but in the interim he was gonna have like full time to work on our our game and then it just never like panned out like that they kept like stringing him along in these other job so it's kind of what happened i don't know maybe this is like too personal for <laughs> for the podcast but you know like uh the podcast is about what what issues and problems we've run into along the way as much as anything else so you know i don't and i don't fault him for that because you know he kept me updated the whole time and i kept saying okay yeah well it's still still easier than hiring another person (laughs) we'll just wait a little bit and then it you know just didn't work out but i also think it was it's a good opportunity for you to learn you know full stack developing anyways i think whenever despite what happens to dodo like i think you're gonna come out of this with like something really good to put on your resume yeah the learning opportunity from it's definitely been great because i mean otherwise i would have never learned how to work with any server type stuff before and i can definitely say josh's work that he did do really helped in getting started with it because if I just started blank, nothing at all, it would have taken so much longer to figure out anything. But since he already had work yeah. in, it was just kind of easy to like take that, modify it, and learn from it. Yeah, for sure. He is still in our uh, Discord group, so you know he is still like a resource that we have. If you if you want to ask him some questions, you know definitely uh, don't for- forget he's there. We don't want to bug him like all the time, but uh, if if there's something you think he could hop on and do for a little bit, he's still in our system, so that's definitely something we could ask about. Yeah, I should say if he has any insight towards Net. I think that was what it was called, Unity Network Server. Yeah. That whole fun system. Yeah, I guess we can move on a little bit to some of the the bugs and new features that you've been working on. The biggest thing that you got done on in this last uh, two weeks in this update was um, our email bug submission form where in game a player can just uh, you know they run into a bug or something they can just uh, type it in and it automatically sends to us. Yeah try to make sure you know like having this whole email system try to make it as I guess simple as possible because don't want it to be like an overly complex process just to send an email. <laughs> yeah. Because originally it was going to do something weird. It's like you click on it, it opens up a whole new tab outside the game itself just to send an email that you would have to be logged into and everything to actually do it. Yeah. That, that wouldn't work too good, I don't think. No. And then ended up kind of just like setting up this thing where, you know, load right onto it, type in little bits of stuff. I don't know if the amount of text is too much or too little, but... Yeah, I was going to ask that. I noticed there's a character limit. Is that, like, enforced by the program, or, or is that just arbitrary that you pick? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's enforced by what I choose. I can set the number up or down in any direction. Right on. So I was trying to think, like, what's a good number? I think 250 might be good. Yeah, I'll have to think about it. I might, I'm might. i going to test it out a little bit more. I'm thinking maybe it might need to be a little higher if it's, uh, you know, if, it's, if we're running into 
bigger bugs or something, you know, or somebody's pretty wordy to type stuff out. But um, in my my test one, I don't know if you noticed, but I was trying to use up like a bunch of the characters to see how much I could type. So I was like, hello and greetings. I wanted to let you know about this bug that I found, like, <laughs> you know, but uh, I think that we can test it and see. Um, the other thing is maybe like once you use up all the characters it could the pop-up that says you've used all the characters or something could maybe just say like type what you can and we'll get back to you because <laughs> then once once they're in the system then we can email them and get more information if we need it uh, yeah, that's true that's not a bad idea because the, the one thing i noticed is they can't send like screenshots or anything with that yeah i wonder how that would work i know that I want to say some more complex systems like PlayStation's bug report system might be set up where it can take a screenshot or a video of when the error happened. Right. But that is definitely a lot more complex because, you know, they're. Yeah, and that's all like in their system and stuff. Like their whole, you know, if you're on the PlayStation, the PlayStation's taking the screenshots and that's all like built into their programming. Whereas this is like, you don't know what each person has for taking screenshots on their computer and stuff so yeah it's a definitely yeah but uh i think just saying something like you know when you submit it or, or while you're submitting it if it just had some information like give us as much information as you can and we'll get back to you please keep any screenshots on file you know like if we need any screenshots or things we'll ask you for them get the bug reports of like, hey, I lost my item that I paid money for. And then we could just say like, hey, yeah, you never, you didn't do any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, we can see all that on the server, so they're not gonna, not gonna prank us. <laughs> Speaking of buying stuff, I think, I think I forgot to mention this um, when I updated the build, but it's, I got it so that the tailor can now tell you when you bought the item before. Yeah, I, I had that in my, um, notes as something to add but i didn't notice it in game yet you get a chance you should try it it should work with like let's say you buy the standard tapia armor whatever it was called then all oh, the battle armor battle yeah. armor yeah once you buy that and then you go back to like the main screen where it shows the uh armor sets you could buy it should just say like purchased or owned or something because you want to be able to buy them again if you want because like there would be reasons that somebody could buy multiple like supporter packs or something because like you can roll for a different um glubby or whatever you know for me like getting all the cosmetics is like something i want to do but then i can't remember like it's, it's been you know it's been a week since that thing has come through the shop oh it does say owned i see it now it's on the, the front screen there. Yeah, that's that's good. I like it. Yeah, now they all say owned. Does it do it for the uh, supporter pack too? I hope so. I know I added it in authorized. Word. Oh, it does say it. It says it above the um, picture now. That's pretty good for now. We'll, we'll maybe think about that. I might need to be a little more prominent or something, but that's pretty, uh, pretty good. Now that I see it, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Yeah, I know with certain games, you can only buy it once, so it's pretty easy, because once you own it, the price tag or something would get swapped with the word owned or something. Right. And definitely don't want to like take away the ability for somebody to buy something again, especially if it makes sense to buy it again. 
Yeah, because like battle armor, you could buy that every level if you wanted to. I don't know if you would need to, but it's definitely something you could like buy it again at level 10 or whatever. Um, and then the same with the legendaries in the supporter pack aren't the best, but they are still legendary, so they're worth something, you know, so you could definitely roll and try to get good versions of those. The sword's pretty sweet, and then, you know, the toxic tendrils and glubby are, are unique, so there would be cases where people might buy multiples of those. I think that once you click on it, <laughs> this might be too much for the podcast, but I think once you click on it, it should say owned right above the button where you can buy it. Yeah, I thought about it. I was wondering if that would make sense to do. Yeah. Yeah, this is like the visual things that we like always have to discuss. This kind of uh, behind the scenes on the podcast, I guess. Sometimes we get into uh, stuff a little too much, I think, but <laughs> for visual stuff for the podcast listener. Just picture it in your head. Picture the words above. <laughs> No, but I think that that's a lot of game development is like little tweaks of things like, you know, before we started, we were just discussing the shop page and, you know, how like the legendary items in the shop should be like stacked and how they should look and stuff. So it's kind of a there's a lot of that that happens. A lot of bugs or not bugs, but typos and and things. We're always, always fixing those. There's a variety of small stuff that can almost get like ignored. Like, uh, I had to add text to tell you that your password needs to be, I think, six characters long on the when you're making right. a, an account for the first time. And I realized I needed that text in because when some people tested it, they were having trouble making an account. And <laughs> it's because the password was too short. Because they were putting in a four-letter password? Like, it's 2023. <laughs> <laughs> like, if your password's not 30 characters long, you're you're doing it wrong. It's like they're loading on. They're trying to quickly get on. They're like, oh, okay, password, uh, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Let me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, why did my account get hacked? Was your password three letters? That's crazy. Well, at least they tested it for us. That's that's good. Yeah, their uh, sacrifice was worth it. <laughs> it won't let me make a three-letter password. What's wrong with your game? Makes me concerned for them. It <laughs> probably means they're putting three-letter passwords on everything else. Oh, that's hilarious. Like, all of my... Pa- I, ha- I don't have any accounts that have the same password anymore. And they're all, like, the maximum allowable character length <laughs> like most of my passwords are like 32 characters long and they're like just random strings of letters numbers and symbols that are impossible to like remember or type gotta make sure you just write copy it down and paste them in see that works yeah if something ever happens to dropbox passwords i'm gonna be screwed <laughs> yeah, it works unless you lose them yeah trusting of that uh, that system but I mean, that's that's kind of the common knowledge nowadays is that's what you do is like have a password saving program and and do that because otherwise they're guessable, you know, passwords can be ridiculous with that. It's like how easy it is to be guessed. It's like if it's five characters, then it takes a minute or less to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I think they can guess like a six letter password in like you said, like less than a minute. I think a 32 character with like letters, numbers and symbols like still takes like a year. I want to say, because I feel like I've seen something about it before, I want to say it gets ridiculous where it's like a six letter could be 10 seconds, but then 
when it becomes oh, yeah. a ten letter with the you know like the symbols, the letters and numbers and all that, and it would spike up from like ten seconds to years, and then if it gets bigger, it just goes to like impossible. As technology gets better, it slowly the password length gets bigger. How long would it take to crack a six-character password? Let's see what Google says. Now, this says if if your password is under ten characters, it'll take only take two weeks to crack. <laughs> that seems long. Um, simple ten-character passwords made up of just numbers or lowercase letters can be cracked in under 20, 24 hours. So it's not giving you like uh, the shortest amount of time, but yeah, like if somebody knows your passwords like that simple, they can just do it like in a day and just run their program and hack it. <laughs> this reminds me of uh, the concept of cards that I remember kind of learning about where it's like the amount of cards in a deck is so high and because every card is unique it makes it so that the chance that if you shuffle a deck of cards nobody has ever shuffled that combination before because of just how many combinations there are. Mm, that's wild. Now I gotta google this. We're just gonna google stuff <laughs> on the podcast because i'm pretty sure it was something How it was like many... 62 factorial i think that's what it was an exclamation point in a math equation 52 factorial uh, that's what it says the number you get at the end is 8 to times 10 to the 67th power 8 with 67 zeros after it essentially <laughs> meaning that a random shuffled deck has never been seen before and will never be seen again that's nuts. I've never heard that before. That's so crazy. Yeah, you would think that. It's like... I mean, 52 is a pretty high amount of cards, but you would think that there's not that many combinations. I mean, they there's a... I can't remember what the calculator is called, but, like, for Magic the Gathering, obviously you don't usually have... Um, you don't have 52 in unique cards. You usually have, like, um, you know, four of the same card a lot of the time. So it would be a little bit lower than this, I think. But there is a calculator where you can, like, figure out, like, the chances of a certain card being in your starting hand and stuff like that. I thought that, I always think that stuff is interesting. And it's like you have a 0.25% chance of having the card you want. In a regular deck of cards. Just a little bit of complex math. Oh, I guess not that complex. Yeah, this reminds me of when we were trying to figure out the stuff for the Paragon levels. <laughs> yeah. Like re-rolling your Paragon stats and stuff. We're trying to set up experience calculations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, experience calculations were rough too. I hope that we landed on the correct thing because if not, it's going to get out of hand as you level up as we add new dungeons and stuff. You know, a bit more recently I may realize that, uh, and this probably wouldn't even happen in game anyways, but the XP you gain is getting multiplied by the level above the enemy is, which I think is fine. But I realized it doesn't cap. There's no limit to it. So if you're level 1 against a level 10 and you can somehow kill it, I don't know how, I don't know why, you just instantly level up because the amount of XP you get. Oh yeah. I do remember adding that in. I can't remember when we did that, but I remember having the discussion about it because I think it if you're if you're level 10 and you're fighting level 1 stuff, it's supposed to like reduce the XP that you get as well, I think. Yeah. Which that ended up capping at I think it was a 90% reduction. But yeah. in the other direction, it was uncapped, so you could get a 100% boost if you were against 10 levels higher, or if you were against 100 levels higher, you could have a you know, 100 times boost. Yeah. So I ended up capping at 30, <laughs> which... I mean, if you're beating enemies that are 
10 levels higher than you. I don't even know how you reach that point without leveling up. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was kind of the intent when we when we did that was, you know, if you're that powerful, you need to level up and go to the next dungeon. Get rewarded for having a good setup. And then also, that's why the, the mobs in the Breach have a difficulty modifier, not a level modifier. Oh yeah, because that can prevent them from getting too much XP. Right. Right, because in the in the breach, all mobs are level ten with a difficulty modifier. So they're level ten, but their stats are multiplied by like two, three, four, or five, you know, based on the difficulty modifier that you select. So you don't get more experience for fighting in I don't think it boosts it only boosts your item find in the breach. Yeah, I don't think you get any more XP from Yeah, you don't yeah, you don't get more XP, you just get the the item find for the breach. Yeah, so that's you're basically fighting level 10 mobs with a chance for item find if you fight them when they're tougher. It's a little confusing, but I, it makes a lot of sense, I think. Well, maybe at some point it should have an XP multiplier. Not like the crazy 100, 200, 300%, but something more than zero. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're clearing it on Titan or something, I mean, it's still scaled that way, I think. Like, um, I, I think that's the way I want it to scale. Yeah, that's something we could talk about more on off-air, I guess, but I, th I think it works that way. Players, players always want to get rewarded for the difficulty they do things on. Right, and they are because they're getting well, they, double item find. <laughs> yeah, right. Which 100% boost is no joke. That's ends up being a lot. Yeah, the plus 100% is basically doubling your chances of finding a legendary or a set item. So it's, you know, the, the drop rates are low, but, you know, if you can do master or whatever, you're multiplying it by five with nothing else. Um, you know, not counting your stuff on your gear or your or your uh, sooms or whatever. So there's definitely a gear to be had. <laughs> Rewards well worth the effort. Right on. Well, somehow we've hit 30 minutes on our recording. Um, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my air conditioning isn't working, so I'm like in a heat-induced haze or something right now, so I'm not sure exactly what I'm saying. But, I don't know what's going um, on. <laughs> yeah, where am I? Um, anyways, yeah, so I think we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, if you've listened to the end of this podcast, we really appreciate your interest in our game. And if you're not in our Discord, you should go to knobcat.com, find the link to our Discord, join us there, talk to us, ask us any questions you have. We really would really appreciate that. And uh, you can also check us out on social media. We're at Dungeons Obelisk on Instagram and Twitter. And I think that's everything. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. See you. Thank you.